0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Regardless of how the New York Giants 2022 season ends up, whether it ends in week 18 or they extended into the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, there are three things that Giant fans can feel good about that came out of 2022. What are they? I'm going to tell you next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lock On Giants podcast, part of the Lock On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, and today's episode of the Lock On Giants podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate GM dot com or look it up in the app stores our listeners get a 100 free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on that's all caps in the game all right everybody we are going to take a look at three things that have emerged three major things that have emerged this season the 2022 season for the new york giants that all giant fans should be excited about all right, the Giants uh, on the verge of getting their first playoff berth since 2016, unexpected you know, by a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people will say the Giants overachieved, but you know what? There are three bigger things, bigger picture things that regardless of how the Giants 2022 season ends, we could all feel good about. And I'm going to start off with the defensive side of the ball specifically the pass rush. Now, earlier in the season, we all sat around and we all said, when is the pass rush going to wake up? When are they going to get pressures? When are they going to get sacks? When are they going to start moving quarterbacks more and more off their spots? Folks, all it took was for this pass rush to get healthy. So you have a lineup, a core lineup with Aziz Ojolary, Kayvon Thibodeau, Okay, as your outside guys, then up front, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, who, by the way, those four guys had only played 13 snaps together until recently, all right? Kind of hard to believe, but because of injuries, that's been the case. So you get all four of those guys together, and guess what, folks? You've got yourself a pass rush. Yes, and what a pass rush it is. Now, I want to tell you um, a little history here. This not too far back, but uh, for those of you who might be new Giant fans or whatnot, back in 2007, the Giants had, I want to say, three viable options on the pass rush. All right, they had Michael Strahan, they had OCU Manura, um, and I believe they had Justin Tuck. 2000, and they won a Super Bowl. 2011, It was Eumanyora, Tuck, um, and uh, JPP. They won a Super Bowl. All right? The benefit of having the pass rushers, and I don't have to tell you this, but if I do, for what it's worth, you create a pick-your-own-poison scenario for the offense. Who are they going to block? Who are they going to double-team? How are they going to approach it? When you have multiple options, that's when a pass rush can really work work its way uh, to the forefront. You know, in the past, we've heard the Giants talk, the Giants coaches talk about, oh, you know, we're going to try and scheme a pass rush. Ah, you know what? Scheme only goes so far. It really does. At the end of the day, you have to have the firepower. You have to have the fresh legs that can get home, that can counter moves that are put up against them. And the Giants have it. In these four players, all right so let me give you some numbers here um, Aziz Ogileri in his last four games played has had four and a half sacks and six quarterback hits. Dexter Moritz has had uh, in his last three games play five quarterback hits and one and a half sack all right? Leonard Williams has been in and out of the lineup. He's been banged up, but he, you could see he's even affecting the, the uh, pass rush by taking up multiple blockers when he's in there because he's so versatile. So, uh, and then Kayvon Thibodeau, we all saw his coming out party on uh Sunday night, his big, you know, strip sack, forced fumble, fumble recovery, led the team in tackles with 12 and folks, I always tell you for a linebacker, it's not the number of tackles. It's where the tackles are made. And for Thibodeau, those, the bulk of his tackles, if not all of them, were made in the box close to the line of scrimmage, not 10, 15, 20 yards down the field. That was a stellar performance. And uh, I would be shocked if he's not named defensive player of the week, NFC defensive player of the week. Which uh, we should find out uh, today, as a matter of fact. At some point, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, that announcement will probably be made. Anyway, the Giants have themselves a good core there. Now, what's interesting is they're going to have to make decisions on contracts for some of these guys. O'Julary and, and Thibodeau, they don't have to worry about. Dexter Warrants is going into his option year next year. Leonard Williams is going into the final year of his contract next year, so if you're Joe Shane, the general manager, and you see what this this foursome can do, and how you can build around them with the pass rush, and you know they're not bad also against the run, but how you can build around these four, you probably want to get Leonard Williams's number, which I think is going to be somewhere around thirty-two million next year. Get that number down, extend him, if need be then you wait a year to get Dexter Lawrence done or you get Dexter Lawrence done at some point next year um, while the season is going on, maybe by over the bye week or something. But you, if you're the giants, I think you definitely want to try and lock those two up to go along with Thibodeau and Ogilary, who, you know, are still under contract for another couple of years or another few years, depending on uh, Ogilary is what year two. So he's got two more years and Thibodeau as a first rounder, He's in year one of a four year deal, plus they have the um, the option here. if they want to you know keep him around. So lock up that group because it has been a solid group, and if that group stays healthy, it's something to definitely be excited about if you are a New York Giants fan. All right, what else is there to be excited about? If you're a New York Giants fan? Well, after the break, I'm going to tell you about something on offense that I think is going to be controversial. But I'm going to say it anyway. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Giant fans, have you ever wanted to show the NFL GMs how it's really done? Well, now you can by hooking up with Ultimate Football GM, where you have the final say over every aspect of your roster. Among the decisions you can make include hiring the coaches and coordinators, making trades, drafting, and free agency. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want. We at the Locked On Network are already competing against each other and we're having an absolute blast. We know you will too when you compete against your friends. So go ahead and get started. Locked On Giants podcast listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Again, that website is ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. This episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you will be able to find an episode of The League available as a bonus episode on the Lock-On NFL podcast. Narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks, The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. You won't want to miss these untold stories spanning from the 1940s to the present. Head on over right now to the Locked On NFL podcast to hear the bonus episode or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcasts. Audible, get in the game. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trana, and we're talking about reasons to be optimistic about this Giants team for the long term. And we just got done talking about the pass rush. Woof. Has it been a while since the Giants have had a pass rush or what? Let's talk now about something on the offensive side of the ball. And this is probably going to draw some controversy. I'm sure I'm going to get some comments about this on YouTube, possibly in the letters to the editor, whatnot. But look, folks, I got to call it the way I see it. Daniel Jones and the way he has been playing has given given me hope that just maybe The Giants are going to be okay at quarterback after all. Now, let me start off by saying that I initially had my reservations about Jones. If you had asked me at the start of the year, did I think Daniel Jones was going to be the long-term answer, probably would have said no. Matter of fact, I think I did say no. I didn't think that um, it was going to happen, but that's why you play the game. That's why you wait and see how things pan out. And what Daniel Jones has done, actually, let me take a step back here. What the coaches have done, have basically put in a new system that Jones helped contribute some ideas to. They tweaked a little bit of his footwork and whatnot, uh, some of his mechanics so that it best fits what they're doing. And Jones, ladies and gentlemen, whether you want to admit it or not, is having one of his best seasons as a pro. All right, so how good has it been? Let's take a look at some numbers. Starting with Jones having the fewest interceptions thrown among starting quarterbacks who played in at least 50% of their team's dropback. That per pro football focus. Jones has four interceptions, which means he's not being fooled by what he's seeing, by disguised defenses and coverages. He's being smart with the football. All right. He has a career best 66 percent completion percentage and is thrown for touchdowns on 3% of his pass attempts, which is his best mark since his rookie season. All right. He has a winning record for the first time in the season, 8, 5, and 1 as a starter. And I don't have to tell you the obvious. They're they're knocking on the door for a playoff berth. All right. Jones um, has also cut down on a bad decision. There's a stat over on Pro Football Reference, uh, which is a free site if you want to check it out. He has cut down on bad decisions that have hampered him in his first three seasons. He has thrown only 50 passes in 14 games played that have constituted a bad decision. That's low compared to what he has thrown um his his rookie year i think he threw something like 80 or 90 in his rookie season that number has actually come down every year since um what else has he done well he you know the the drawback he's got receivers who have dropped 23 balls which ties his career high set in 2020 his offensive line has let him be sacked 41 times which is four shy of his career high also set in 2020 but despite that he has made uh chicken salad out of chicken scraps um he has worked at it he has you know in this first year consider a quarterback one o one for Jones in this system he's earned several passing grades along the way um what else has he done? Well, we haven't seen a whole lot in terms of the deep ball the twenty the passes of twenty plus yards um which you know. Ties him for 33rd out of 38 quarterbacks for that stat, but he has delivered almost 80% of his passes, whether they're long, short, or whatever, on target. That is a new career high. The reduction in fumbles. Can we talk about that? There was a, you know, at the start of the season, everybody was like, oh, Daniel Jones, fumble machine. Guess what? Now the Giants are taking advantage of Daniel Jones's legs and He's not coughing up the ball. He's coughed it up, I think, five times this season. His rushing yardage, 583 yards on 105 carries are career highs, right? So Jones is doing enough of good things to make his case for another contract. Now, when the the coaching staff sits down with Joe Shane and they make a decision as to what they're going to do with Jones... They're not going to solely look at numbers. They're going to look at the progress. How has he progressed throughout the year? How has his decision-making process been? You know, where has he made the biggest jump? I mean, the numbers will, will factor into an extent, but they're not going to sit there and say, oh my gosh, he hasn't thrown for 200, over 200 yards, you know, in, in very many games. So we're not going to resign him. They're not going to do that. They're going to look at the entire year, the entire body of work over the year. And make a decision. Now, are they going to give Jones a blockbuster type of deal like what Pat Mahomes got or what Josh Allen got? No, I don't see that happening. But a two or three year deal, actually, I'm going to say a three year deal with an option to get out after two and one that they could easily rip up if Jones continues to go on the upswing, that I could see. I could definitely see that. Get this young man some better receivers get him uh, fix fix the interior of that offensive line, you know, really solidify it. And uh, guess what, folks? Jones can, can maybe uh, do some things. Now, he's never going to be upper echelon quarterback, I don't think. But as I have said several times before, the Giants can win with him as opposed to in spite of him. And that's a big, big difference that is going to factor into whether or not Uh, This team offers him a contract, and I think they will. So, that being said, we have one more thing we're going to talk about. It's kind of obvious. I haven't talked about it yet. What is that extra thing that Giant fans should feel good about for the future? Stick around. I'll tell you right after this. Hey, Giant fans, this holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine & More. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everybody on your list with some help from a friendly guide. And with all the confidence of knowing that you found something special for the lowest price, find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Curbside pickup and delivery is available in most areas, Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Please drink responsibly and be 21. Hey, Giant fans. Thanks so much for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus, get instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Lock On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Giant fans, you got Patricia Trina here on the Locked On Giants podcast, and we are talking about reasons to be optimistic for the future, regardless of what happens this year with the Giants. Now, the Giants, as I've been noting all along, Have a very good chance of making the postseason for the first first time since 2016, if they take care of business against the Minnesota Vikings. And even if they don't, you know, they could still, with one more win, get in. They just need a little help, though, in the form of losses from Washington, um, from the Lions, and from the Seahawks. But regardless of what happens, even if the Giants go to the playoffs and they're one and done, there have been we've been talking about things that we can look forward to for the future, foundations, um, developments, if you will, that have just made themselves known. And the last thing I want to talk about is uh, the foundation, the core foundation of this team, and that is the coaching, Brian Dable, and his staff. Now, look, the chances that Dable's is going to keep his entire staff together year after year after year. Probably not going to happen, but Dable has established a foundation in the locker room, and that foundation, ironically, is is pretty much similar to what Joe Judge and be, and coaches before him tried to establish. But Dable has kind of gone about it a little differently. So let's start off with what that foundation is, and that foundation is you're not bigger than the team. No matter who you are, it's team first. Which, as you remember, you might recall. Was a motto for head coach Joe Judge when he was here. The difference is that Dable and his approach to dealing with players, you know, doors open, which Judge's was as well, but Dable just has a little better dis, dip, disposition um, when it comes to dealing with the players. So you look at some of the guys who maybe aren't on this roster anymore. Let's take, for example, um, Let's take Tate Crowder, who was recently released yesterday. Crowder, you know, was demoted and uh, rightfully so. His play wasn't very good. And instead of working his tail off and doing, you know, what he needed to do to show the coaching staff that he was worthy of a spot, what did he do? He went and he complained on social media. That did not go over very well with the coaching staff. I can tell you that. So as things got worse and Crowder apparently in practice did not show the coaches anything, which by the way, the coaches have said right from day one, the people that get the playing time are the ones who show up in practice. If you don't practice well, you're not going to play. There's nothing wrong with that. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how it should be. So Crowder, apparently given the opportunity to go back, and you know, pull his bootstraps up and show that he was worthy of, of playtime, didn't do it, developed a little bit of an attitude apparently, is now an ex-giant, right? Another example of a guy who has seen his playtime be reduced, Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is almost an afterthought now. And if you go back a few weeks ago when Galladay uh, was coming off of that knee injury and that he wasn't getting any snaps. And he basically, you know, hinted that there was um disconnect, if you will, with the coaching staff. And he made the comment that he should be playing regardless. Uh-uh, that doesn't fly with this coaching staff. They don't care if you're a first round pick, if you're a scrub, if you have a $72 million contract, or if you're playing for the league minimum. You have to earn that right to practice. You have to earn that right to play. And if you don't, doesn't matter. You are not going to play. Now, let me give you an example of someone who did take advantage of that opportunity. Richie James. Now, after the Seattle fiasco where he put two balls on the ground, everybody thought Richie James wasn't going to be much longer to the roster. He lost his punt return job. And um, it took for Dory Jackson, unfortunately, to have the knee injury before Richie James got that job back. But here's the thing, folks. Richie James' practice, he worked at it, and he went and he re-earned the coach's trust. So much so that they put him back there again, as opposed to maybe putting Darius Slayton back there or somebody else to handle punt returns or calling up Khalil Pimpleton or uh, this new kid that they signed uh, last week, Mickens. So that's the example of, you know, the the foundation that's in that locker room. If you work for it, you do what you're supposed to, you will get rewarded with playtime. If you are ready to go, you will get rewarded for playtime. And that foundation, folks, is solid because it basically eliminates the uh, the people that have, you know, the quote unquote privilege entry into the team and those who don't everybody is treated equally and you know what that's gonna go a long way because if you have a situation in a locker room where some guy is a big shot and he's not doing what he's supposed to and he's skating by but oh look the coach is giving him all kinds of play time and you know he's not earning it or whatever you can quickly get resentment in that locker room yeah People can be that petty. And actually they'd be right, to be honest with you. If somebody was just coasting and, you know, getting all the perks of somebody while somebody else was, you know, busting their tail and not getting those perks. Absolutely there, there could be a, a splinter in the locker room. Well, Dable doesn't allow that. And, you know, neither does his coaches for that matter. If you are not ready to play, you are not going to play. It's that simple. You show it in practice. And the other thing that is that I think we have to all appreciate about this coaching staff. When was the last time you saw them put a player on the field in a bad position, asking them to do something that they probably couldn't do as well? All right, I know some of you will probably say, well, why'd they put a Dory Jackson out there? A Dory Jackson can can uh you know, he can return punts, just unfortunately that he got hurt. But my point is, is you don't see the coaching staff asking guys to do things that they're not good at. If an offensive lineman is not good at pulling, he's not asked to pull. If, um, you know, Daniel Jones wasn't good at throwing deep down the field, they wouldn't ask him to throw deep down the field. So they put them in good positions to be successful. And speaking of Daniel Jones, I'll use him as an example. Brian Dable made a comment on Tuesday in which he said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, he inferred that Daniel Jones's career uh prior to this year, when Dable wasn't here, he's just kind of getting started. You know, he's in year one of this system and he's gonna grow. So what a player did in the past doesn't matter. Doesn't matter with this staff. And that's interesting because you would think when it comes time to do the the investment that they're going to have to make in the quarterback or the running back in in another instance, you would think that they would look at the entire body of work. New system, this is our system, our uh, way of doing things. How have the guys responded since we've been here? And I think that's a pretty good and sound approach. And that comes from Dable. That also comes from Joe Shane. Everybody got a clean slate. Those who took advantage of it, great. Those who didn't, they're not going to be here much longer if they're, they're still here at all. So that is something I think that the Giants can hang their hats on. The coaching staff and just the overall structure that this management team has put in place in this first year, what is technically a rebuild despite the record and despite the fact that the Giants are knocking on the door for a playoff berth. So, giant fans, lots to be excited about. Not just for the rest of this year, but for next year and for years to come. All right, giant fans, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Giants podcast. Tomorrow, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings joins me. We're going to do the crossover show. And then Thursday night live, Locked On Giants live. Traina, Tana, and Dog. That's right. We will see you at 7:30 for Locked on Giants Live. Dogs bouncing off the walls, people. He is excited over that win by uh, the Giants on Sunday. So it is going to be a dynamite show. Hope you will join us. I'll have the information up for you on YouTube, since that is a YouTube live show. And don't forget also, um, I've started posting uh, YouTube shorts. So if you happen to be on YouTube and I'm just doing these shorts videos, they're like 60 seconds or less, kind of giving you updates and, and thoughts about things that are happening. So check those out as well on YouTube. Appreciate you, everybody. Appreciate you tuning in. We will see you tomorrow for the Crossover Show. I'm Patricia Traynor. Be good, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.